Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Music Survival Guide. As ever, I am joined by Phil. Hello. How you doing, mate? I'm really good. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling splendiferous. Why not? That's a new word on me. Is that wrong? For, it's not, I don't think it's a real word. Fair have enough. You, I enjoyed it all the same. Have you ever tried making up words? It's really hard. That sound convincingly real. <laughs> I can't say how. Oh. Well, <laughs> what have you been up to since we last uh, since we last recorded? Um, not a lot <laughs> is the honest answer. Um, we put these out weekly, and uh, we are currently recording them weekly. So there you are. Um, in a in a weirdly dark note that's just come to my mind, I could be dead by the time we put this out. Because. <laughs> Wow, what a, what a weird thought. Um, Classic British optimism. Hey, let's not. I was going to mention Brexit, let's not. How are Definitely you? Definitely not. I'm doing really good, mate. Uh, so after we recorded our podcast last week, I went to um, a release show of uh, an album I worked on, I reckon, about two and a half years ago. So it's quite a weird situation where we did it a very long time ago, so it's nice to kind of hear it all released and see see the show i'll give them a quick shout out they're a, a liverpool band called uh the buffalo riot oh um yeah the the release show was fantastic it was in uh an old church near the anglican cathedral if anyone knows um if anyone knows liverpool well yeah it was a fantastic show i think if you head over to my instagram which is jasage uh you can see pictures of uh pictures of that show Cheeky plug. Cheeky plug. I have not been to a gig in so long. I, re- I really need to go to some. I've I've just fallen out of the habit. <laughs> got lots. Of, I've got a, I've got a couple of musicals lined up, but there we are. <laughs> Less said the better about that. I think. <gasps> rude. Anyway, what are we talking about this week, Joe? <laughs> so, irony of you saying rude. We are going to be talking about communication between musicians. Oh. So we want to dig deep into what the important things are to consider when you're talking to anyone in the industry, be that promoters, you know, mix engineers, producers, or even fellow bandmates. There are so many things that can potentially go wrong and I have seen go wrong. So we just kind of want to talk through them, maybe give you a few ideas and give you a few pointers to avoid potential catastrophes in your independent music career. It could be the make or break. Oh, 100%. That sounds very dramatic, but it, it really could. If you if you communicate badly, everything can go wrong. <laughs> One accidental passive-aggressive email could Ooh, be the death of your career. Love a passive... No, I don't love a passive-aggressive email. They're bad. Don't do <laughs> no, them. No one loves them. That's, that's the opposite sentiment we're trying to send. <laughs> so... There's there's many things to to kind of consider um, when you're communicating, um, but then there's really there's two types of communication. Um, if I'm going to really kind of pair it back, there is professional communication. That was with some inverted commas there, and sort of casual communication, for want of a better phrase. Um, I I guess I'd define casual communication as like just chatting to friends on on Facebook or Instagram or you know whatever it may be like that texting that kind of thing. Um, but professional communication is a very different ball game. Yeah, there's there's a really difficult fine line to strike, especially in in the music industry. Because as musicians, you know, I I still consider myself one. But when I was playing in bands when I was when I was younger, you don't address each other as you know, dear sir or madam. It's all all right, mate. Can you make this? Can you come do that? 
but there, there's still that fine line of being pleasant but not overly formal but equally not going beyond that line and being too mm. informal you might be uh you might be casual if you were part of a chamber orchestra. Sorry, formal if you were part of a chamber orchestra. See, but I, I was part of the orchestra scene, and that was quite informal. Oh, some of those. I did not know this. Yeah, let's let's not delve into my junior orchestral oh, I career. I want to delve into it. There's some horrible Exciting. shots of me playing violin with some very ugly haircuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> besides the point. So, in terms, I'm I'm going to just open with what I experience the most and how I communicate for work and between musicians which is emails which is such a difficult thing to try and nail the tone of mostly because i think a lot of people feel like you have to be really overly formal with an email you know there's all i've received emails off bands that i've spent weeks in the studio with and then they'll send me an email going dear sir or madam i'm writing to you in request of and it's like well you don't you don't need to do that but then but then equally there's, there's a line there's a yeah line. there's there's a line where they uh i've also received blank emails there's also a a, a weird weird oh. thing that yeah I, i'm not getting into that someone sent me blank emails for about two weeks and i can't explain why <laughs> who can um i mean I, I i would say if speaking sort of personally as it were um if a band wants to chat to me on Instagram or on Facebook, I am absolutely fine with that. And I will have a conversation with you on there. don't know about Joe, but I will. Um, but it, when it comes to mixing and mastering work, it has to be on email for me. Um, that's part of my, I guess that's part of my sort of professional, personal boundary for want of a better phrase. Um, so as soon as we're chatting about, you know, mixes and revisions and sending files and all that kind of stuff, I like to have it very much contained within a, an email trail. Um, and that's, I guess that's part of it as well. Why, why email is, is king um, for professional communication. Yeah, I agree. There's, a, there's an element to that of just centralising communication. The, the nightmare scenario, I'm sure you've, you've experienced this, is where you're going to have the bass player will send you his revision through an Instagram DM. The singer will send you a WhatsApp and someone like the keyboard player will send you something on messenger. And it's just a nightmare to try and keep track of. Whereas <laughs> if you have emails, then it kind of all centralizes it into one space where, like you say, you have a record and especially in the freelance world, and I'm sure bands experience this as well for important things like invoicing and, um, mm and just making sure stuff is paid and scheduling. If you have it all in one space and one clear trail, it makes life so much easier for everyone involved. So much better. So, so much better. Just to pick up on what you were saying there about, um, you know, talking on Instagram and WhatsApp, I, I personally don't have a problem with it. I think I'm pretty similar to you in that I have... Um, I have plenty of conversations on like DMs and, and through Facebook. My only hesitation with it is, is that I know I respond to 100% of my emails. Very rare. Like I, I can't think of a time when I've ever been chased up about responding back to an email or it ever getting lost. Whereas the issue with Instagram and with Facebook is, say for example, if someone sends me a DM now, and we're recording this podcast, the notification comes up, 
but you ask me to look for like a, a note about something that we've discussed earlier, as soon as I open my phone, that notification could be lost and I'm not going to ever see that notification ever again. Mm. It might not be like a few weeks down the line where I just go, oh, I'll just casually check and see what like my DMs or WhatsApp are saying and then I'll see that notification and go, oh, you know, it's... Uh, gone forever. Yeah, it's potentially... Oh, it's not gone for forever, but, you know, it could lose momentum. <laughs> they've maybe gone with someone else or in the example of a band, maybe they've booked a different band and, and stuff like that. So so I always just try and tell people, like, if you if you really want to get hold of me, then then email is probably is probably best. Although I would I would say on the, the Instagram side of things, I very, very quickly learned that you can leave things unread. You can make them unread again. And you can also flag them. So it puts a little sort of yellow tag on the chat's um, bar. So when, so when, and you can leave it as unread as well. So when you go onto your Instagram, you still got that little one or whatever, whatever number it is on the side. So it's a kind of constant reminder. Just throwing that out there as an idea. Yeah, no, I, I, that I'm going to be definitely employing that. So one thing I've, I've experienced, and I know I've spoken to a few promoters about a similar thing and, and general people who work in the music industry for a living is that there can be some frustration with bands that you don't get instant replies from Instagram or Facebook. And in a time where, you know, everyone's got smartphones and you have instant access to everyone, I think what my warning would be to a few bands is that if people do it for a living, they need time away from oh, yes. talking to bands as much as they might enjoy talking to you. It's... If someone sends me a DM on a weekend about a project-related thing or on a day off, I'm going to respond to it most likely next time I'm I'm responding to bands via emails. It kind of goes through that same trawl of responses. So yeah, it that's something to be that's something to be wary of. Yes. Don't don't be offended. Um so for, for I'm not I was going to say for, for all for a lot of bands, um the whole music thing is a bit of a hobby um so it's need doing your spare time it's need doing the weekends um for people in the music industry that may not be the case um they may be using their weekends to relax and not think about music so i, I just say bear that in mind yeah i agree there's it's something i do and i would recommend to musicians anyone really who's trying to build any you know any form of career in the music industry is if someone is messaging you on WhatsApp or Instagram and it's an inconvenient time, you might be out shopping, you might be at a gig, whatever the thing is, don't be afraid to kind of turn around and go, hey, yeah, this is great, this message, yep, yeah, sure, sounds all good. Could you do me a favour and pop it in an email and send it to this address just so it doesn't get lost? Yep. I do that all the time because, yeah, otherwise I might have read that message and then as I'm halfway through typing it out, someone's um you know someone else is calling me and i've had to take that phone call and then i've forgotten about that message whereas if it's on an email if i don't respond to it it gets marked as unread and i'll get a reminder to respond to it the next day so those are the types of things that i'd say are worth looking into and the person that you're communicating with um will hopefully think you are taking them seriously by going look i really want to engage with what you're telling me but i don't want to forget so please email me i think a lot of people will respect that rather than take offense by it 
Yeah, there's rightly or wrongly, there's a stigma's the wrong word for it because it's the opposite of a, of a stigma. There's there's an impression you give by email that's slightly more slightly more professional than just through mm. WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. I can't tell you the reason why that is, but just from personal experience, I will take inquiries more seriously if they come through email than if they do through Instagram or Facebook. That's not to say I don't, you know, disregard those inquiries, but for me personally, if someone emails me, I kind of go, oh, okay, this is a person who's on top of everything. Yeah, it's a kind of seriousness barrier. What a weird phrase. It makes sense to me. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Um, the, the other thing you can do is just a teeny, teeny, tiny thing that's that's a great benefit um, is on an email, you can put a signature, um, which is just a little thing, but it, especially as a, maybe as a band or whatever, you, whoever, whoever you are um, who is listening to this podcast, um, it will mark you out as a, just a little bit more professional. If you go, here is, you know, who I am, here is my, I don't know, my band name, here's my website and my social media links. And it's a really easy way for the person you're talking to to go and listen to a song or, you know, whatever it may be. That's an amazing point. It's something I'd not even considered, but I love when someone sends me a an email and instead of me having to email them back and go, oh, hey, you know, instead of me having to trawl through Instagram and they've got a name that's kind of, you know, one of those band names that sounds, there's there's hundreds of them online. So you're going, oh, which one is it? I love it when they go, in a signature, they go, here's our band name, here's a link to our last single on Spotify, mm. Apple Music, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, whatever, and they just don't leave any stone unturned. It is an absolute dream because it cuts out so much, you know, FBI research work to find out what your last single was. And you never know who's who could pass on that link. Mm. You know, if you send it over and you kind of... It could just be like a casual thing. You get CC'd in an email and I go, oh, that's an interesting... That's, you know, I'm always going to click on a, a Spotify link if it's in, it's in someone's signature. It's you never know what doors it could open. So easy to do as well. There's, there's, no, there's no reason not to. There's no reason not to. And on another note is having an autoresponder... I do it, and I think anyone I, who really takes themselves... Well, sorry? I don't. <laughs> I don't have one as it stands. Well, we need to have a conversation, because you I need not, to get that sorted. Do I not take myself seriously? Oh, <laughs> sad face. You know what I mean. <laughs> but it helps in scenarios where sometimes... So I'm, I like to consider myself really good at responding to people's inquiries and questions. But if I'm away at the studio then, you know, I could... Some of the studios I went to a few weeks ago, they had no Wi-Fi. I was Wi-Fi-less for, like, five days. As far as my friends and family were concerned, I'd gone officially missing. <laughs> so if you have an autoresponder that just says, hey, I got your email, but I'm currently away for four or five days, I'll get back to you as soon as possible, then there's no doubt, there's no one panicking going, oh, why haven't I got a response for that? Uh, so and so. And the same goes even for when you are replying, just going, hey, you emailed the right person, like this is so and so. And I'm, you know, I will respond to your message within one to two days. And also in the autoresponder, put a link to your music. Such a good idea. Because if a promoter emails you and goes, oh, hey, so and so recommended you, you know, to potentially do this gig 
can you send me a link to your music? An autoresponder will do that for you. Job done. All they have to do is just click, oh, okay. They've got back to me instantly. Here's their music. So can I ask you some questions as a, an uninformed person about autoresponders? Go for it. <laughs> See if you can answer them. Um, I, I, know, I, I know what they do, obviously, and I know how they work, but I, I've just got a couple of things I'm not sure about. So if I put an autoresponder on my, on my email address, will it autorespond every single time that someone emails my address or would it just be the first time? So... Because the worry is that in a conversation, you, you start auto-responding every single time and it gets annoying. Yeah. So I only know this for for Google, so for Gmail and any custom domains that go through Google. I can't speak for anything else, but I probably imagine it's the same. You can set a limit on the amount of times it sends it. So you can say, um, only send an auto-responder uh, to this person maximum once a week. Okay. So no matter how many times they communicate to you, they'll only get one autoresponder. Mm. And you can you can set up an autoresponder for only people who've contacted you before, or you can set it for people who've never contacted. There's loads and loads of parameters within it. And you can set loads of different types of autoresponders too. Okay. I'm just certainly making some notes here. <laughs> there may be an autoresponder <laughs> appearing fairly swiftly. I don't know. I need to work it out. <laughs> well, what kind of things would you put on an autoresponder beyond some links to websites and things. Okay. So if we're we're in a band yep. and I'm in charge of the email inbox, I'd put on the autoresponder, uh, hey, thanks for reaching out. Um, we will get back to you within one to two days. Obviously, that depends on if you're a band that checks your email inbox every three days, then put every three days. Uh, if it's an absolute emergency, then here's my number. Some people would feel more comfortable doing that. Some people wouldn't. Uh, and I'd put, uh, if you're interested, here's a link to our music, our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if people still do Twitter, and YouTube. Old school. Fair. And would you, would you not say, I don't know, like a, a bit more generic than that, go, you know... Thanks for getting in contact. We are band name here. We are a, I don't know, indie band from Northampton. <laughs> Whatever it may be. Because then you can maybe answer some more potential queries along the way. You could put an FAQ. You could put yeah. a link to an FAQ. I'm not sure if it might, it might be a bit long-winded to actually put it on the... True. On the autoresponder itself. But if you had an FAQ section... Um, but again, putting those links to Facebook and make it the link to your about section mm. of your Facebook so they just kind of jump straight into your, your bio. Um, Much simpler. You can also kind of put like a really short snippet of uh, of what you do on your email signature. So mine is kind of like Joe Sage, my site, and then it's studio slash mix engineer. And if, you say, we're in a band, you could put like, you know, Glaswegian indie rock band just like that short little bio I think it, yeah it, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules with it really are you saying that we'd be a Glaswegian indie band I don't know why I thought Glaswegian <laughs> it's just the first thing that came to my head surely we'd be a, a, a hashtag London in, indie band no <laughs> make it a thing come on maybe so I guess 
I guess another thing to consider um, is is appropriate communication. Um, so what I mean by that is there's, there's different ways of communicating with um, different people uh, within the industry. Um, so for as a general kind of example, if you were speaking to another band, that would probably be very different to the way you may speak to a gig promoter or a record label or a, a recording and mixing engineer, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's an element of read the room with that. There are the digital room. Yeah, the digital room. <laughs> read the digital room. That sounds like an awful ebook. It does. Um, Let's write it. Come on. So so my general approach to it is I know there are some bands that I work with. I'll give a shout out to one of the bands I work with rivia where all our emails are just scouse slang because they are the they, i'm sure they won't mind me saying they're the scousest band i've ever met they're the scousest people i've ever met and that's kind of like the tone of their emails and when i was in the studio they took the mick out of me for uh being too posh so that's but we've worked together countless times now um so you know what's going on with each other so yeah, that that's kind of their thing. But you know, there are also bands that don't get me wrong. I get on with them and we work together loads. Where it probably is a little bit more formal. So I think you've just kind of got to read their approach, read their responses, read their inquiries, and just kind of judge for yourself. There's a, there's an element of if in doubt, maybe go a little bit more formal than than you would because it doesn't hurt to be hurt to be slightly more formal than than what you might anticipate yeah. like you could get yourself in trouble if you go a bit too informal and that's not the right tone at all that's fair i mean uh, on the on the sort of formal side of things because i know you sort of jokingly mentioned it earlier um if you can whoever you are co- contacting find if you can find out who they are before you contact them um so if you can avoid saying dear sir or madam do so because <laughs> if you say I don't know, hi Phil or hi Joe or whatever, whatever it may be. That is a much better way to start an email um, because it immediately goes, I know a little bit about you and I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it's, it switches off my internal spam filter yes. when I read stuff. Never mind my email spam filter. But if I kind of see something that says, you know, dear sir, or, my, or even if it's to my personal one and it's, hey guys, and I'm like, well... I'm singular, so you clearly you've just this is just a spammy email. <laughs> so it's those little small attentions to detail that can really make the difference. Can make or break. Yeah, it could be the difference between someone responding and not responding. Yeah. So, a thing I I hammer this recommendation. I swear I've said it like every other episode so far, but I just I just really 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 want to recommend it is there's a book called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People in a Digital Age or an Online Age. You, you'll find it. It's, it'll be one of the top search results on Amazon. And it is a goal. there's a whole chapter on how to, you know, respond and use emails effectively to, to win people over. So there's loads of small things like, you know, don't be afraid to put an emoji in if you kind of are worried about uh, tone. Like, if you're worried something's going to come across as a bit abrasive or a bit, you know, standoffish, then don't be afraid to put, like, a little smiley face in. I don't think many people would be offended by that. So, yeah, I'd really thoroughly recommend that book for, for any band, really. I can report that since you last mentioned it, I have a copy. I've not read it yet, but it's in my pile to read. Oh. It's in my pile to read. I'm getting, I'm getting down to it, working down. 
Well, you might be able to give us a live review at some point. Oh, well, as I read it, sort of line by line. Yeah. Review, that might take a little while. I don't know. So this is a massive bugbear for me. And I get bands asking me about this all the time. And it's not really in the context of, you know, stuff I work on with them. They're just asking for my opinion on stuff where they will say, hey, Joe, we've gone to this promoter or this promoter contacted us. We got back to them and then we heard nothing back. And I'll go, okay, well, how many follow-up emails did you send? And they go, what do you mean? (laughs) I say, well, how how many times did you, like, you know, after you didn't get a response for a week, kind of drop on an email and just say, hey, just wanted to check you got that email. And they go, what? But that's just like spamming them. I was like, no, it would be spamming them if you sent it every hour and rang their, rang their phone. But I can promise you in the, in the, what, the last few years of doing this now, I've never received a, a snarky message about sending a follow-up email neither have i the vast majority of the time i usually get an email in response that goes oh my god sorry like we thought we sent it thanks for following up with us it's something i don't think bands utilize enough is the follow-up email very true um i i can also attest to follow follow-up emails um i would say in the same vein um if someone really really wants to ghost on you they will um and you've just got to kind of got to read the situation and read when to stop. <laughs> I, I I can personally attest that I haven't received complaints, but there have been times where some bands have definitely ghosted on me and I've worked it out and gone, okay, no more. I think everyone has their limit. My personal limit is if someone doesn't respond after two follow-up emails, then I, I'll just leave it at that point. I'll just assume that they've they've got the email. If they want to get back to me, they'll get back to me. Sad but true. <laughs> So, um, communication, um, it's, wow, what a conclusion. It's important to get it right, (laughs) um, but it is important to read the situation. Uh, so work out who you are talking to. Um, if you can get some kind of personal, um, idea of who they are when you email the first time, do it. It's worth it. Uh, make sure you're communicating appropriately. So if you've known known this this person or this band for a very long time, feel free to be more informal when contacting over email. But you know, if you're emailing for the first time, go towards the more formal side of things. Communication on social media is great, but if you are chatting about sort of professional things, for want of a better phrase, uh, email is so much more preferable. No, I totally agree with that. I'm going to go with my three-step plan which is you always have a three-step plan band i know i'm gonna try and make it a thing so (laughs) my three-step plan for uh emails for (laughs) emails for emails for dummies like musician emails for dummies that was that should have been a lot easier than that i made it uh so one would be have an email signature yes really really easy to set up if you don't know how to do it google it there's you know depending on what browser you're using i can't explain how to do it on on every single one i use uh an email browser called spark which i'd really recommend it's free and amazing and reminds you when to do follow-up emails um in that uh signature have your uh contact details your uh facebook 
your Spotify links, your Apple Music links. I can't stress this enough because it's really frustrating as a person who uses Apple Music over Spotify to have both in because, well, for starters, you know, uh, you make more money off Apple Music than you do Spotify, but that's an entirely different podcast. You're a weird outlier um, with that Apple Music thing. Just saying. You'd be surprised. You'd be really surprised. I'm part of the main crowd. Uh, secondly, uh, so point two would be to have an autoresponder they're really, really easy to set up. If you want to see what an autoresponder looks like, you can email joe at nevisaudio.com and witness my email autoresponder. Just send me a message saying, I'm looking for your autoresponder. And for all I care, change the language slightly and use it as yours. That's totally fine by me. And finally is follow-up emails. As I mentioned, Spark is a really good browser for, for reminding you to do that. You can also just kind of set Reminders in, uh, I use a thing called Wonderlist as well to do it for Instagram and Facebook because I can't set an, a follow-up reminder on those. It would just kind of go, hey, did you not hear back from this person after three days or four days or a week, a month, whatever, follow up with them. I was, so those would be my three. I was not aware of some of these. I may have to uh-huh, well, nix them. Now you are. So it's uh, email signature, autoresponder and follow-up emails. Winning. As I mentioned there, if you really want to desperately see my amazing two-line uh, email autoresponder, or you just want to chat about any music bits, you can reach me at joe at nevisaudio.com, and you can reach Phil, who's going to have an autoresponder by the time this episode goes out. I will, 100%. I'm going to do one today. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best autoresponder you've ever seen. You can email me at phil at vortisoundstudios.com. As always, we'd love it if you could subscribe to the podcast, share it with other people that you think it would be useful for. If someone's really annoyed you via Facebook or Instagram, you could really passive-aggressively just send them this episode. Love passive-aggressive. That would be... (laughs) That'd be one unique way of dealing with it. So yeah, we'd love it if you could subscribe share it around and also join us on our facebook page which is music survival guide podcast i think amazing <laughs> and rate and reviews on itunes or is it apple podcasts whatever it is nowadays that thing <laughs> please do we'd love it awesome so until next time it's bye from me and bye from me Ciao, ciao